Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question and take advantage of 30% off? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com to get 30% off. Select lab-grown diamonds. That's BlueNile.com for 30% off lab-grown diamonds. BlueNile.com. This is the Court Today replay on C103. As we welcome you along to the day after the storm, the calm after the storm, and it is, of course, Storm Atia. It was the first named storm of the season. And the reason for the unusual name was it swept in from Iceland. Now, we're still getting reports of trees down on minor roads in various parts of the county. So motorists asked to please, please drive with extreme care because you never know going around a corner what you are going to find. There's still electricity outages remaining in place. I'm told Beira, Glengariff, Copine, Blarney, Middleton, Lismore, Watergrass Hill, Ballyclaw, Aries of Mallow, Buttevant and Kildallery and the ESB network guys fair juice them out doing their best to restore power to all. Nine flights to and from Cork Airport were cancelled yesterday. Three of them were diverted to other airports uh, around the uh, country from two o'clock yesterday. Train from Mallow to Cork and Tralee and Cork to Cove and Middleton ran at a maximum speed of 50 miles per hour, slower than normal. And of course that uh, caused uh, delays. There were literally all over the county there was reports of trees down and debris and it did make for quite hazardous driving conditions particularly yesterday evening and then of course Ballancolic Regional Park they closed for the day the 5k charity Santa Dash in Kinsale that was cancelled in anticipation of the bad weather and glow in Cork the Christmas celebration event on Cork's Grand Parade that was closed for the day yesterday <coughs> obviously the Ferris wheel would have been a huge uh, issue and the cable car at Dur- the island that was also closed and that now is expected to reopen tomorrow that remains closed uh, today uh, so hopefully you were all okay and there was enough warning and fair dues to Met Air and they really were on top of this in issuing all of the warnings you know the one thing that really amazed me as I was kind of tracking the storm and watching it and keeping an eye on Twitter last night particularly trying to put out as much information as we could get about trees down and there was some really great Twitter I think this is where Twitter really comes into its own as well uh, in getting getting information out as quickly as possible uh, to people. But it was watching the fishing trawlers taking refuge in Bantry Bay during the storm yesterday and yesterday evening. I could not get over the number of fishing trawlers. A lot of them, I'm told, were Spanish fishing trawlers. I don't know from what other countries the rest of them came from. But it was incredible to see. the. It, it looked like a car park as, at one stage, Bantry Bay did. I was unaware that there are that many fishing trawlers fishing 
off the west coast of Ireland. It was just, as I say, it was just when something like that happens and obviously for safety reasons, they all come and take shelter. So the closest bay, obviously, to them was Bantry Bay. But it was unreal to watch it online, the amount of ships not from Ireland that were forced to come into Bantry Bay to take uh, shelter. So as I say, the kind of the cleanup happens today. And today, I think always after a storm like this is a day, if you're a landowner or even in your garden, if you've got a lot of tall trees, just to take a look at them, just to make sure that they weren't damaged in the storm yesterday. Uh, you know, because that's what can happen. They can get damaged in a the storm. They're OK. They don't come down on the kind of this sigh of relief. Oh, everything's OK. But then the next storm, because it got damaged in this one, it's the next storm that could bring it down. So do do keep an eye on that because there we it's expected, according to Met Aram, to be windy again tonight. And then tomorrow, Tuesday, is going to be another wet and a windy day as well. So while these while a storm at Tia may have left us in its wake, it is leaving behind a lot of stormy weather. So keep a lookout for this. So just be careful and mind yourself, I suppose, is the message. 1850-333-103. You can text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103. And texts already starting to come into the programme, including this one. And this is the kind of one annually for this time of year from a listener to say, Patricia, we went along to see Santa yesterday in Donnerail Park. Two small children, mammy and daddy. It cost us 60 euro, says this child of a listener, that we felt was very expensive. So I suppose it opens up that debate on the the traditional visit to the Santa Claus. And there's so many different Santa Claus experiences and there's a lot of work and there's a lot of people employed in putting these Santa experiences together. So they do come with a bit of a price. But is 60 euro, is that the going rate or is that above what other people are paying? Now, we did check online just to make sure that that's what Donnerell Park are charging. Now, when we went online this morning, John Paul, just did a did a quick went online to do a booking or tried to do a booking there, and he says that it's eighteen euro per child and it's five euro for the adults. So that would have brought it up to forty six. And the fact that this child of listener is saying she spent sixty, I'm assuming was there a photograph? Did you pay fourteen euro extra maybe for a photograph? Because I know usually with any of those Santa Claus experiences, what you pay for is to go in for the boys and girls to have their chat with Santa, little bit of a present, and off they go. But if you want to get a photograph and your God knows we all want to have the photograph taken and you want to have the special one to keep forever and then you'll be able to bring it out on their 21st and embarrass them. So you pay extra for the photograph, obviously. So I'm assuming, am I right in thinking there was a photograph included in that and that's why it was €60. But we'll open up the phone lines and the text messages on this. How much are you paying for the trip to Santa and is it worth it or is it just one of those things it's a kind of a standard price and if you want to bring your child along to Santa you don't have much choice all of them now have become quite expensive and it's a little bit like the the sign that the boom is back when we have so many of these Santa Claus experiences and they all seem to come with a hefty price tag 
all well and good if you only have the one child to bring along but if you have two or more and if you want to bring the parents along as well it it absolutely does add up 1850-333-103 if you have a view on that and there's just another thing as well that I want to share with you that happened to me on Saturday when I was out with Marsha and I was kind of soul searching over the weekend about would I talk about it or not on air and you know something I decided I would because I want to mention it in the hope that maybe I can get some parent listening to talk to their young children about when you're out and about and you see or you meet particularly other children who might look a little bit different and who might be different in what anyway due to a disability or maybe they don't even have a disability but they just look a little bit different and this whole thing of whatever about people staring but then it's for somebody, it's what they do after the staring because we'll all stare and then you realise you're staring and you look away or if somebody catches you staring, you'll get very embarrassed and you'll, look, you'll quickly look away. Anyway, what happened was I was shopping. We were in Clonmel dropping off Christmas presents on Saturday and we were up for to go out for a meal and I took Marcia shopping and she loves to go to you know the discount stores and the discount stores are great because the stuff is cheap and cheerful and she can go around and she'll feel everything from the kitchen sink down and she can buy her bits and bobs and I can do a good hour in these shops shops with her because obviously she can't see anything so everything has to be felt and she'll work her way along and we normally get to the book section which is quite funny to see a blind child looking at all or appear to be looking at all the books but she just likes to tidy all the books and make sure that all of they're all the same size ones are together so we'll spend some time working in the shop almost as well. Anyway we were in this particular discount shop in Clamel and we got up to the counter and it wasn't very busy but there was three little girls in front of me who I'd seen in the shop because as I say we must have been in there for an hour seemed to be appeared to be now they had a, they had certainly had a mother with them I don't know if there was a dad there as well but they seemed to be doing their own shopping and you know doing their own thing and they were probably about nine five nine seven and five I mean typical three little sisters in steps and stairs so I, I that's the age group they appeared to be so they were in front of us when we got to the checkout or the line for the checkout and I saw the smallest little one the little five year old sort of really staring at Marcia with her or sort of her mouth opened and I was trying to because I normally try and engage children in conversation to explain this is Marcia she can't see you you know just explain what's going on and the, the older sister sort of pulled the little girl into her as if like oh move away she's contagious that was the kind of vibe I got and I was thinking don't be stupid now you're overreacting here they're children so I just you know started paying attention to Marcia who was feeling the things that were over by the counter as we were in the queue and next anyway they proceeded they were next to be served and it was one of those you were standing in the queue and there was a line of checkouts but there was only one girl working so it was the end checkout so they toodlooed along to the end checkout but as they went they turned back and they were looking at Marcia and they were started giggling and having a laugh about her and I saw the middle child sort of almost pretending to be blind herself and I was thinking oh my God this is getting really uncomfortable here so I just engaged with Marcia and said ignore them ignore them ignore them and next, their mother came on the other side to come 
watch them as they were paying for their items because what struck me was well-heeled, well-dressed, well-turned-out little girls with a 50-euro note in their ha- hand and I remember thinking, God, the good times really are back when you have smallies of that age with a 50-euro note. Anyway, so mother was hovering, I suppose, to make sure that everything got paid for and they got their correct change, etc. And she, I heard her say to them, what are you laughing at? And they turned around and they sort of nodded over at Marcia. And she looked down at me and my little blind little girl and she smirked and I just... And then they all had kind of a giggle and then the girl behind the counter sort of looked at me because she saw the reaction as well. And I I was I was dumbfounded. I, I didn't... I'm kind of kicking myself that I didn't say something. But then what was I to say? Stop being rude, you know. I was really taken aback. I was really, really taken aback. And it's in moments like that that... it's rare that I'm thankful that my child is deaf blind but I was thankful that she couldn't see she wasn't able to see that these little girls were being mean you know they were just they weren't being kind they certainly weren't being kind and it reminded me of I remember being on one of these forums online a disability forum where a woman in the States was talking about her little cerebral palsy boy and that whenever they went out people used to stare at him and when he got to kind of nine or ten he got conscious that people were staring at him and he one day said to them you know mummy why why do people stare at me when, when we're out and she quick as a flash said to him it's because you're so handsome you are just so good looking people just can't stop staring at you and of course he was a ten he, you know, he, fe- he felt for it he was so proud that everyone was looking at him because he was so gorgeous and I just loved that story so when things like that happen with Marsha I'm just glad she can't see uh, the reaction and when I went to the check out in fairness to the woman behind the counter she said I'm sorry that happened and I said look it's nothing to do with you it wasn't your fault um, and the reason that I mention it is I know my child looks different and I know the way she acts when she's in shops because as I say when I try and engage children in conversation her hands are her eyes so she feels things and she's very gentle she never breaks anything and she'll feel everything and if something is out of place she'll find try and find where it should be she likes everything in order and that everything should be in place uh, so can you just talk to your children and just say that you know people are different in this world and that's what makes this world beautiful that we're not all all the same and that it isn't nice to laugh and to smirk at somebody just because they're a little bit different to you and just teach your children to be kind and it costs absolutely nothing uh, to be kind it, it really doesn't anyway that's my that's my speech over uh, now coming up on the programme today we're going to be talking about bogus charity collectors these are the people that come door to door And we're going to hear why we shouldn't be donating to them. These are the, at one stage they used to put in plastic bags into the letterbox, but they gave up on that. And now it's normally leaflets that you get in and I'm still getting them. And I pick my leaflet up and I put it straight into the recycling bin, even though I don't know, thinking about it now, if it actually should be recycled or not. But it just literally, that leaflet goes straight into the bin. There was a time when I was donating to them because I genuinely thought they were charities until at one stage somebody came out and was speaking about them and saying they're not charities at all. And if you check up and if you try and ring any of the numbers on them, they're not. These are commercial businesses 
who make a lot of money out of the items you give to them. And I know for some people, they think it's the easiest way if they have clothes that they no longer use or brick it back around the house and they want to get rid of it. A lot of people feel, you know, these girls are going to collect it from my door and they'll take it away. But please, if we could all stop doing that and donate instead to your local charity shop. I mean, if you can actually either the, and be careful of the bins as well. There's a lot of charity bins around. I know the St. Vincent de Paul charity bins, they are collected by St. Vincent de Paul for their vintage. Vincent uh, shops. So that the some of the other charity bins, uh, I'm a bit there. I'm a bit. I, I question some of the other bins and if they really genuinely are charities or not. So just make sure if you have items that you want to pass on, just make sure that they do go to a charity. That's what you need uh, need to do. That's why I think if you can give in, donate directly to your local charity shop. It's the one way you know the items then are going to go on sale locally and any profits that are made and that shop will be spent locally. I think by far that is the best way uh, to do it. We're going to hear from an East Cork councillor who wants decisions around housing developments for Cork. He wants them made here in Cork and not made in Dublin. We'll find out more about that. And then in after about 20 past 11 today, John Lowe, the money doctor, is going to join us. His latest money annual is out. It's the the Money Doctors for 2020 and it's a big tome of a book as it always is and it really is if you want to get a handle on your finance and you want to stop worrying about finance this is the book for you and if you follow the tips and pointers and it's written in layman's terms which is something I love and it's one of the reasons I love to interview John Lowe he explains things in layman's terms which is just what you want particularly when it comes to anything to do with your finances so it's the up to version of his book and obviously it's got all the latest that's in it from the last budget uh, etc. So we'll speak with John if you have a question, a financial question, you're worried or you have concerns, get it in and I'll put it uh, to uh, John when he joins us uh, today. And it is Monday so Annalise Drussell of the Health Hub Times Square in Balancolic will answer all of your nutritional questions. Text just says Hi Patricia, my name is Sharon. I was so disappointed I missed out on Dermot Kennedy tickets for next June. Could you please put it out if anybody is selling Dermot Kennedy tickets it's for Cork next June. I'd be delighted if I found some uh, thanking you. And actually, I was speaking with a lovely uh, young woman who works in the Dairy Gold Co-op stores in Mallow who missed out on tickets to Dermot Kennedy as well. And she was asking me, would I know of any becoming available to the radio station? And I, I, the advice I gave her, and I'll give you the same advice, uh, Sharon, closer to the time. Because usually what happens is people buy, we all buy tickets in advance and then something can happen. There's a change of plan or you're not able to go or you bought a ticket for somebody and they're not able to go. So hang in there. But it would be closer to the time of the concert, I think, before any of those tickets become uh, available. We have a giveaway on the programme every day this week from Sue's, the Asian street food restaurant in Mallow. They're based at 4 Spa Square in Mallow. They've updated their menu with nutritionist Lucy Highland to give you a healthy menu with natural fresh goodness to keep you at your best. And the great news from Sue's, because I know them well, they deliver right to your door. You can't, be, you can't beat it, that's for sure. We will be giving away three 50 euro vouchers to be spent at Sue's Asian, Asian Street Food in Mallow and we'll do that later on in the programme. Okay, so stick around for that. We've chopped chopped up a song in a walk and you got to work out what song it is okay so we'll get back to that uh, later on in the programme and thank you to uh, a huge number of people uh, who are 
wishing me well for what I'm and feeling very disappointed and hurt over what happened to Marsha and those little girls and and all of that so thank you I really do appreciate it I've got such gorgeous gorgeous listeners who I know feel that they know Marsha because I, I know I talk about her too much uh, at times uh, but she's uh, she's part of this little radio family that is uh, for sure but a couple of people are pointing out uh, including the girls in Drumahan that really it's the mother is at fault to blame here not the little girls that's obviously the way that they are being brought up and that's one of the reasons that I mentioned it was you know not to pick on anyone but just to sort of to say to people talk to your kids just explain people are we all are different in our own ways and Billy and Skibreen says Patricia must be a very quiet woman. I'd have gone over to that other woman and made her feel very small before she left the shop. Do you know, Billy, in the scheme of things I afterwards when I thought about it I was saying, why didn't I go over and say this? Why didn't I say that? But at the time I actually was borderline quite upset. I actually thought, I think if I had had to confront her, I would have started crying out of, because yeah, I just felt so. I felt I felt I was protecting my child, I suppose. And then I I couldn't. I was I knew I was going to get too emotional. So that's why I sort of passed on it. But yeah, I was kicking myself after us. But hindsight is a great thing. And we all after the event, if only I had said this and if only I'd done that. But I didn't. I think the woman was probably lucky that Marsha's dad wasn't there. Uh, Marsha's dad doesn't cope with those situations as as well as I do. I have to say he gets very, very cross. 1850 But thank you. People have been very, very kind and, and I do appreciate it. Um, John Paul is taking your calls. You can text our WhatsApp 0862-103-103. We're playing all your favourite Christmas hits after 1pm on C103 with your local mace. Going the extra smile this Christmas and making your celebrations special. Cork Today on C103. With Cork City Council and Glow, a Cork Christmas celebration. Food markets, Ferris wheel and a fun festive park on the Grand Parade. Visit Glow, open every weekend until Christmas. Eggfoil and mock quid then and here is Farlin. Shot eight thrower C103 Air Kirkig. Is Marga Bay and the English market a Lorha Harkurki in a will Ramesha Lahan Stali Yakas Shastoin, Le Bush Dairy, Bokhari, Kanahori Aishk, Stali Glossary, Shapui Cafe, a Hodas Clohish, Agas Avatni Smo. Dinkor Olu Hosu the Hodil, Win Sultas and Atmosphere, Noblasana, Agas Blafele on Irgniv Show, a hand Shirgati in Vlien, Mila Shakiat Sahotau Hocht. This is the Cork Today replay on C103. Thank you to Patricia for more. Just giving this out as a word of warning. A lady who was parked in a disabled parking bay, entitled to be in a disabled parking bay, disabled driver at the weekend, left her car, went about her business. And when she came back, she discovered her catalytic converter had been stolen from the car. There seemingly are a gang who are regularly doing it in the city uh, and they now have moved out to the county. They're wearing high vis you know, the yellow high-vis vests. So they look like they're workmen uh, and they're going down under the car removing the catalytic converter. So for people to beware, please, and for everybody to keep an eye if you see anything suspicious in a car park and see anyone, just because they're wearing a high-vis vest, we all seem to think, oh, 
their, their workers they're doing the right thing just be extremely careful uh, where you are parking as well 1850 now bogus charity collectors are still calling door to door across Cork City and County looking for clothing handbags and bed linen but by giving your unwanted items to these bogus companies you're taking away from legitimate charities who need the goods to sell in their various charity shops Jerry Garvey is the regional coordinator for the South West with for the Society of St Vincent de Paul and Jerry joins me this morning. Good morning to you, Jerry. Good morning, Patricia. Now, Jerry, these door-to-door collectors, they seem to be never-ending. I suppose it's a feature this time of year, Patricia, that, that this is the time that all charities, including ourselves, St Vincent de Paul, are kind of out there collecting and, uh, you know, generating funds to keep us going through the winter. Now, I suppose from our perspective, we find it's a relatively small problem because people are very familiar with the way we do things. We would generally not do door-to-door work. Uh, for example, we have a big car draw where we, we send a massive mailing out. So that's posted in through on post to people's letterboxes. And we always send out the message to people. If anyone's knocking at the door trying to sell tickets, that's not legitimate because we don't do that. And then, the, but the leaflets that are coming through the door, um, Jerry, and we've been getting a lot of calls from various parts of the county saying they're back out again, dropping in the in the leaflets. And it says on it, it, it is a charity collection, but it isn't. They're nothing to do with charities. Well, any charity will, will obviously have the, the proper charity number, registered number on their, their documents. Like for us, it's, it's CHY and, and then a four-digit number. Uh, I, I would always say to anyone, if they have any doubt, to pick up the phone and ring the charity in question. Because there's an awful lot of legitimate charities and we have to be very careful we don't uh, dissuade people from supporting them. But if in doubt, ask questions, look for identification, check in with uh, the charity's phone numbers and you'll very quickly uh, find out who's who's correct and who's not. Because th- some of these collectors uh, are, they make money, don't they, from the sale of these clothes? That's what they're doing with them. They're selling them on. There would be an element to that, all right. Sometimes you can have people who are operating as market traders or just as middlemen carrying on the the trade and dealing with some of these maybe cash for clothes kind of systems where they can generate funds themselves, which is unfortunate because, as you said, it's taken from legitimate charities. Yeah, and it's making money out of the kindness of, of people as well. Now, if people want to ensure their unwanted item and their clothes uh, go to real charities, I, I had suggested earlier actually dropping them in to the charity shops. Absolutely. It's, it's the very best way of doing it. And in fairness, there's a good range of charity shops throughout Cork City and County where people can physically call in and drop it in. In our own case, I mean, we have across Cork and Kerry, we've got 37 shops. We've got a number of offices and we've got different locations like that. And if anyone has a difficulty, they can pick up the phone and just ring us and we'll arrange a collection for them. And there's also the clothes banks, which are very well decaled and marked in many shopping centres and locations throughout the county where they can see that they can donate to the Vincent de Paul. And how important are the Vincent shops to your fundraising? Charity shops have become a really important part of our fundraising because, as you know, the, even though there's, there's an improvement in the economy for some people, there's a kind of uh, sort of a half and half, uh, like a tale of two cities, like the old Dickens thing, where you've got about half the people are doing exceptionally well and the other half, some of them are seriously struggling. And I suppose one of the biggest and most frightening statistics would be that there's nearly 700,000 people in poverty. And there's a huge number of people who are working who are in poverty. You know, people are working at low-paid employment, just about making ends meet. And all it takes is one little thing to tip them over the balance. It could be the washing machine breaking down. It could be an expected bill coming in. It could be maybe a child heading for college and they just don't have the extra funds. 
So we're finding this huge demand from that sector. And it means that we're, we're turning more and more to our very generous Cork public to support us. And I suppose it's important, Patricia, to take the opportunity to thank people for the fantastic donations they've given us throughout the years. Yeah, I was reading a piece on, on figures from Vince, Vincent de Paul and, uh, you know, it was in the last few weeks. You're receiving, on average, a thousand calls a day seeking help. That's a staggering number of people. It is staggering. It, it, it is really frightening. And I suppose some of the, 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 the frightening things in that would be almost one in three callers that are ringing us over the last month are in need of some sort of food support, which is frightening because it means people are so under pressure to pay, pay mortgages and rents and meet other expenses, they're leaving themselves short on the basic thing of just having enough food to survive. And that's frightening. Well, it's the, in, in many cases, it's the only thing they can save on, is actually the food bill. Really. Yeah. And then, um, Jerry, the other issue that I'm always trying to get across to people, you know, we would have people contact us here who would be sharing their stories with us. And some people, you know, just down on their luck. And I would always suggest to them, have you contacted, you know, your local conference of, of St. Vincent de Paul? And you get people saying, oh, no, no, St. Vincent de Paul is not for me. That They're for very poor people or, you know, they're for homeless people and, and whatever. They, how do you get that across to anybody listening if they are in need of help at this time of year? to go to their local V2P? It is difficult because an awful lot of people who would traditionally have been very self-sufficient and well able to manage themselves are absolutely horrified when they find themselves in need. And what we would say to people is there's only one criteria for getting help from St. Vincent Paul and that's need. And need doesn't have to be the person who's at the bottom of the, the ladder if you like, perhaps in social welfare with no job or, you know, difficult situations like that. As I said, it could very often be people who are working Kind of the, the new poor who are working on low-paid employment and struggling to make ends meet. For example, one of the areas we'd find that there's a lot of people who need a little bit of help that would traditionally have would be in the area of education. Uh, because if, if you have a child uh, who's heading for college, who has the ability and has been accepted into college, but you just don't have the funds to, to bridge the gap maybe between the grant and the, the travel costs or the mm. accommodation costs or costs of laptops or whatever like that, we would always say that St. Vincent de Paul has specific separate funds set aside for education. And for those who say we couldn't take it for the mouths of the poor, my answer to that would be, this is your hour of need. You need a little hand up to get through this short period of time. And once that student can be brought through to a recognised qualification, be it a degree, a diploma, a trade or whatever, there's a very high possibility they'll get good, well-paid employment. They will be self-sufficient for the rest of their lives. And hopefully in the future they will be in a position then to be a donor to give back. Absolutely. That's the way it works. That's exactly how it, how it works. Well well put, Jerry. Uh, so if people would like to donate to uh, St. Vincent de Paul, uh, Jerry, particularly at this time, probably your most expensive time of the year, how can they help? There's a number of ways they can help, Tricia. As I mentioned there, we have a huge car draw where we, we try and generate a lot of funds this time of year. So the, the car draw tickets will be in available in all our, our locations, our offices, our shops places like Man Point Shopping Centre, Merchant's Key and those. So people are popping in. By all means, call over to our stands. Anyone who's there will have proper identification. Buy a few tickets to the car draw. You never know, they might even win the new four <laughs> Wouldn't it be great? And the other thing is obviously to pick up the phone, ring some install, or go on the, the website www.svp.ie and you can donate that way. Because it's really, really important we get sufficient funds in over the next couple of weeks to see us right through the winter. Okay, somebody's asking about the the Vincent's shops. Why why did you change the name from St. Vincent de Paul's? 
to Vincent's? Well, there was a period where we, we had a lot of different kind of names. We had, you know, a variety of different names and we found that people weren't always recognising them. And I suppose it goes back a little bit to the point that we started off in the programme talking about how do you know the legitimate ones from not the legitimate ones. And what we wanted to do was to build a brand that's recognisable. And obviously being Vincent DePaul, we wanted to keep the core name Vincent in it. Yeah. So it's really just a, a way of recognising that it's a, it's a brand name. Vincent's shops are now throughout the country. There are over 200 of them nationwide. And in most cases, you'll see, if you look at the sign, it says Vincent in big print, and underneath it then is supporting the Society of Vincent to Paul yeah. and the charity number. Yeah. So it means that people know that it's a legitimate shop, that they are supporting the charities they want to support, because there are some, some shops that may not be quite in the same category. And did I see a picture on the paper over the weekend of uh, a group of volunteers meeting where the first Vincent to Paul meeting was ever held? That's right, that was up in Dublin. In Dublin, uh, yeah. Yes, it was recognised in the first meeting of a conference because the Charities Against the Ball is based around local community-based uh, conferences, mostly in parish areas. Uh, at this stage, we have about 1,200 of them throughout the country, virtually every parish in the country, north, south, east and west. And they were just uh, commemorating the first ever meeting of a conference. And it's fascinating to know that the, the Vince de Paul has, has had been in existence through two world wars, the civil war, the oppression, loads of recessions. And in most cases, meetings are hardly ever missed. There's actually a fascinating record that we still have in, in our national office of a note of the, the conference in city centre of Dublin saying that uh, tonight's meeting was cancelled due to a disturbance. And that occurred, of course, to 1916. Oh, my God. <laughs> a disturbance. OK. <laughs> all right. It, it's a brilliant organisation. I mean, it, it really is. And I'm, I'm assuming you're always open for volunteers and for people to get involved and become members. Absolutely, work. I mean, there's a huge need out there, and we're always welcoming people to come in. Whether someone wants to just give a handout for an hour a month, help you out our church gate collections, maybe help you out at this time of year, Christmas, or when we're doing our flag days, or if they want to get more involved in either the shops or the visitation side of visiting people in their homes or the hospitals and homeless services, we've got quite a range of activities there, and we would love people to give us a shout. Okay. And our, 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 they can get us to websites or they can ring us on the main office number, which is 4270-444, the Cork number. Okay, you're a brilliant organisation. Long may you continue, uh, Jerry, and uh, a happy and a peaceful Christmas to, to all of the volunteers at the Society of Vincent de Paul. And thanks a million for joining us on the programme this morning. And to you and all your listeners, thanks again for having me and thanks for all the fabulous Good morning to you. Uh, bye bye. Thank you for that. That is uh, Jerry Garvey, who is the regional coordinator for the South West with the Society of St. Vincent de Paul. If you have a few bob to spare this year, uh, please think of them. They, they truly are a wonderful, wonderful organisation. And be careful before people judge when they hear of somebody getting help from St. Vincent de Paul. You never know what's going on behind closed doors. Somebody that might have the perception of doing well and they're at work. You just don't know. You just, you know. There, but for the grace of God, go any of us, but certainly don't judge, that's uh, for sure. Marie in Mallow was on to us, by the way, and we have contacted the HSC and we're waiting on a statement on this uh, to say she needed to use South Dock last night. Now, last night was the storm Athea. It was a rotten, rotten night out there. It was a friend of hers got sick, so they rang South Dock and a nurse rang her back. And that's the procedure when you ring South Dock you'll get called back by a triage nurse. So they explained the situation to her 
Maria did as to what was wrong with her friend. And the nurse said, fine, uh, except I can't get you to come into South Dock as we don't have a doctor here. So instead, an ambulance was sent to Maria's friend to go up to CUH. Maria then had to travel behind the ambulance in order to to make sure her friend was okay on what was a very bad night on the road, yeah. I mean, they were advising people to, to stay indoors when you make a journey if it was absolutely necessary. But obviously Maria wanted to support her, her friend. But Maria's point is, why was there no doctor available in Mallow? Now we're going to get on to the HSC to find out what happened. I'm... My reaction initially is that it was the doctor out at another call and did the triage nurse believe believe that regardless of Maria's friend seeing a doctor, she would need to be admitted to CUH, maybe? I don't know. Anyway, we're going to get on to the HSC for a statement and I don't know if anybody else got cut out with that yesterday. If you were in need of South Dock in Mallow, yesterday evening to be told there was no doctor available. 1850-333-103 John Paul taking your calls. You can text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103 Cork Today on C103 With Cork City Council and Glow A Cork Christmas celebration Get into the family festive spirit with a visit to Glow on the Grand Parade Open every weekend until Christmas Attention Cork Businesses Attention Cork Businesses It's time to bring on the festive Festive feeling. C103 is looking for the best decorated shop window. Show us your Christmas window display. Send a picture to glow at c103.ie and be in with a chance to win an advertising campaign from C103 and Cork's 96FM worth €2,000. We'll get the public to pick their favourite. Pick their favourite. Dress your window to win with Cork City Council and Glow. A Cork Christmas celebration on the Grand Parade with C103. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. I mentioned earlier that we had had a call in from Maria uh, this morning who was trying to get an appointment at South Dock for her friend yesterday evening and she was led to believe there was no doctor on in South Dock in Mallow and she wanted us to find out what was going on and she ended up having to drive in atrocious conditions behind an ambulance because her friend got taken by ambulance in the end to uh, CUH and we've sent off an email to the HSE trying to find out what was going on with South Dock in Mallow yesterday evening and Grace in Nad was listening to us she said she also rang South Dock yesterday evening now hers was earlier Maria's friend was at about half past ten last night Grace rang at about half past five yesterday her little fella he's only five he has what they now think is croup oh goodness me Anyway, they ran. They felt they needed to see a doctor. Didn't want to wait until this morning. They were told there would be a two-hour wait for the nurse to call them back. Now, she said the nurse did call back. It wasn't two hours. They got a call back within an hour. And she was told at that stage, so now we're looking at half past six, that the next available appointment would be at nine o'clock, but it would be at South Dock in Blackpool, not South Dock in Mallow. And Grace said because of the weather conditions and the storm was really blowing up at that stage they decided they didn't want to risk the travel so they cancelled the nine o'clock appointments they just felt too dangerous to have to travel from NAD all the way to Blackpool in the city ended up holding out and got an appointment for her own uh, doctor today but she's also querying what was going on with South Dock in Mallow yesterday as I say we are awaiting a response from the HSC 1850 Now Marie joins me once a completely different topic to talk 
talk about this morning. Good morning to you, Marie. Good morning, Good. Patricia. Now, you want to raise an issue that I have a funny feeling a lot of people are going to agree with you on this. It is to do with the level of the sound of music at dances. Correct, correct. What's the Un- problem? Unbelievably loud music. All the bands, the majority of them. The music is so loud, you can't have a word with who you're dancing with or who you're sitting at the table with. Can't hear anything. Can hardly hear the main singer singing at times. The, the music is so loud. And we call to the chap who is over the sound and ask him to know to turn it down a little bit. And they'll say, they, yes, we will. And they don't. And maybe they turn it down for a small little while. And then the next thing, it's back up again. And why, why, why do they have to have it so loud? And is this a recent... Have you noticed that this is a recent phenomenon? That, you know, before the music wasn't as loud? Well, now we have been complaining about it for a long, long time. A long time. Even I think myself, you go to a wedding. Yeah. You go anywhere there is music. It's loud, loud, loud. And you can't have a chat or a conversation if you want to have it. Yeah. And and while you're there for the dancing, but you're also there for the social side to have the chat with people. You are, you are, of course, yes, yes. You have to have a chat in between. I certainly have heard a lot of people complain about wedding, what's called the wedding bands, and that they're too loud. And I would have heard of people when they're booking wedding bands saying to them, will you please make sure that the music isn't too loud? (laughs) <laughs> but for yeah. whatever, yeah, and as you, you, but your question is, is why? Why do they need to have the music so loud? Yeah, we were, we were, we were, a few of us now have been discussing it for, for weeks and weeks and weeks, and I've been meaning to get on to you, and I said, who will we get on to? We get on to somebody. And we were wondering about health and safety, you know, because it's, it is a health. Noise pollution. Yes, noise, yeah, deafening yeah. noise. Like, well, there know? is such a thing as noise pollution. It's got to be set at a certain level. Anyway, you've raised it. We'll give it out. We'll see what others you've. You, we'll see what others. I think a lot of people will agree with you on this. And what would be interesting to hear from people, from the musicians themselves, the sound engineers, the people that control the sound yes, at bands. Yes, yes. Why are you having it up so loud? But as I say, we have said it to those sound men now who yeah. are the sound, controlling the sound, and we have said, it. "Why, why do you have to have it so loud?" There is no need whatsoever. Even in between bands and music, you have CDs or something playing there, yeah, and they're lovely. You could dance, no problem to them. And then you it's can, when the live music talk, comes on while they are on, while in the kind of an interlude, you know, yeah. And you can have chat a chat away. then, and you can you could dance away to that music. Even it's not loud, lovely. And then the live band comes back on, and you're blown out of it. You're just. <laughs> I mean, if you leave the room, went to the toilet, and came back in again, ears are blown off you. <laughs> All right. All right. Listen. Thank you for that, Marie. We'll we'll see what other listeners have to say. Uh, but thanks for joining us. Okay, thank you. Good morning to you. Bye bye. 1850 Do you agree with Marie? If you go to a lot of live music events, particularly like the likes of the social dancing, that the bands are too loud and the wedding bands in particular. 
the music is too loud. And you'll see that at weddings. You'll see people move out of the main room where the dancing is going on to go outside to have a chat because it's too loud in the room. If anybody can explain why does the music have to be so loud at these events, particularly when people would like to spend a little bit of time having a chat. Now, I just want to catch up on, on a couple of texts. And once again, thank you to, to the huge number of people who sent texts and calls in when I was talking about what had happened to myself and Marsha on Saturday with the children and not being very kind to her. And thank you to people. I just as a few, though, I want to give a mention to Alan says there's an old saying, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. And when it comes to stories like yours, it rings true. Don't please don't blame the children for their reaction but blame the parents they're obviously wearing their children in their own likeness and then another listener who doesn't want me to mention her name which is fine says thank you Patricia for sharing your story our beautiful daughter has a significant disfigurement she can see the curious glances and she can hear the comments it's heartbreaking for us mothers but we must keep their light shining and keep strong I have found it hard to refrain from nearly thumping some of the adult dopes from time to time over the years. Uh, Please keep my name private, which is uh, fine. Yeah, and it is heartbreaking. And my heart goes out to your daughter because she's hearing the comments. She's seeing seeing the curious glances. It's the one. If you could be thankful for a child who's deafblind, I can be in that regard. That, that all of that goes over her head. I just take on the pain for her instead. But it's yeah, it is absolutely heartbreaking. People just need to show a little bit of kindness. But here's a really good one as well in from Leanne to say, well, what is the proper etiquette? As my 11-year-old has such a big, soft heart, particularly towards children with special needs, and I feel he can look because he's interested, he's inquisitive to know why, when, what happened, how. He brought the movie Wonder with his pocket money and he treasures it, thanking you, says Leanne. You see, Leanne, your son is a delight. Your your son's, your, your little boy sounds just like the little boys and girls that I love to meet when I'm out with Marsha and I interact with them. I mean, I never have a problem with a child saying, staring at Marsha and then looking at me and saying, what's wrong with her? Or what happened to her? I've no problem at all. You'd have parents going, oh my God, I'm so sorry. And I always say, no. And then I will introduce, if I, Leanne, if I met you with your son and if he came up and if he asked or if he was looking with an inquisitive eye, I normally will say, hi, what's your name? This is Marsha. I will explain what's wrong with her and I will normally engage the children. And it's delightful to meet children that are just looking at her because they've got a genuine interest, which was just very different to what happened on Saturday. It was, it wasn't a genuine interest. They were looking and they were smirking and they were making fun of her and pretending to be blind themselves. And it just wasn't nice. It just wasn't nice. 1850-333-103. We're getting more calls and texts in about people who had or seem to have had problems getting to South Dock or with South Dock. Uh, Mary said it happened to us a bit ago, Patricia. We had a very sick baby and we rang South Dock. This time it was in Clonakilty for a doctor to help us and the nurse rang back 25 minutes later and said, sorry, no doctor available for Clonakilty. The nearest doctor would be Skibbereen or Bandon. So we drove flat out on the road to South Dock in Bandon and when we got there we were told by the doctor we had to go straight to CUH. Oh, 
Yeah, it's, I mean, South Dock, when it works, works brilliantly. But when you've got the situation where if this, whatever reason, the South, the Dock isn't available at the South Dock, if they're going out to a call or maybe there isn't a doctor on that night, even though I find that very hard that the South Dock wouldn't actually have a doctor, but maybe it does happen. And when it works and when you turn up there and I've used the services of South Dock and it's been fantastic. But when you get a situation like that and that panic of having a sick baby and the rush and trying to get there and the worry must be absolutely dreadful. It it really, really is a horrible situation to find yourself in. Hi Patricia, I know of somebody in the Clonakilty area who on Thursday evening slash night rang for South Dock for her husband and was told no South Dock available in West Cork and to either go to South Dock on the Kinsale Road roundabout up by the city. This man couldn't get into the car, so an ambulance had to be called. It's an absolute joke. This country really needs to wake up. It does look like there are certain days and times when we have a problem with South Dock in that there seems to be no doctor on, which um, I know we've got an email already gone off to the HSC. We might get further clarification on that. Are there occasions where a South Dock will actually have no doctor on at all? I can understand that if a doctor in South Dock gets called out to an emergency and they physically left the building, I can then understand that for that period of time there won't be a doctor and you may have to go to one of the nearer South Docks or wait for the doctor to come back. But are we hearing from people that there's actually no doctor on at all for the entire 12-hour period of which South Dock is opened? 1850 John Paul taking your calls if uh, you can text or WhatsApp 86 to 103 103 and I can already start to see and hear reaction coming in to Marie who is worried about who tends dancing on a regular basis and of late the music is very very loud it was never as bad as it has been of late and she's wondering are other people noticing it as well and Mary says I was at a wedding recently and the band were very loud however the father of the bride went up and asked them would you turn it down please they didn't really do so so they were told again please turn the music down and they were told I take it this by the father of the bride if you don't turn the music down to an acceptable level you're not getting paid so guess what they did turn the music down. Well done to the father of the bride. And somebody else said, loud music at weddings, terrible. As you said, you've nowhere to have a chat and the day can be so boring then. Oh, don't let the bride and groom hear you say that. But yeah, it is lovely to sit and chat and weddings in particular, if it's a family wedding and you're meeting up maybe with family members that you haven't, you know, the cousins that you haven't seen in quite some time, that it is always lovely to have to sit and chat. And just if the music gets too loud, you simply can't do it. Can't understand it either. Maybe we're all showing our age. Is that it? 1850 John Paul texts your calls. Text WhatsApp 0862 103 103. C103 Jobs. With Hewitt College. Now enrolling for Christmas Junior and Leaving Certificate Revision courses. Your success is built on their experience cqatcollege.ie A person is required for general duties including power washing a knowledge of operating a hoist would also be an advantage while a nanny slash childminder is required two to three days per week is for two children in the Canturk uh, area North Cork Agri Fabricating Business are looking to recruit a temporary welder slash fabricator general yard duties will also be required 
and caregivers are required for ovens, Ballancolic, Douglas and the Cork City areas. You'll find all the details and more job opportunities by going online now. Just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs for more. This is C103. We're playing all your favourite Christmas hits after 1pm on C103 with your local mace. Going the extra smile this Christmas at the most wonderful time of the year. Cork Today on C103. With Cork City Council and Glow, a Cork Christmas celebration. Food markets, Ferris wheel and a fun festive park on the Grand Parade. Visit Glow. Open every weekend until Christmas. Cork Today on C103. Call Patricia with your comment. 1850-333-103. If you are looking to buy a book that will ultimately save you money, can I suggest you buy yourself Ireland's number one finance annual Money Doctors 2020, written by John Lowe, the Money Doctor, who I'm delighted to say joins me this morning. Good morning to you, John. Good morning, Patricia. Uh, May I say happy Christmas? And many happy <laughs> returns. I cannot believe, uh, when I was doing the research for this book, that it's this is the 15th edition. The reason I can't believe it is I remember interviewing you on yeah. the first one yeah. and thinking, this is a terrific uh, book. And the advice, it's still the same, isn't it? With a little bit of planning, you can save money. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, that's really what the, the book is all about, is, is uh, organising yourself. Because all uh, finance is about planning, no matter what you're doing. If you, if you, you know, are going to have a child this coming year, let me tell you that, you know, when they reach third level, you're going to need €42,000 to put them through that third level. So how are you going to get 42000 If you put the €140 a month that you're going to get from the child benefit, and you put it under the bed and you left it there for 18 years, well, until the 18th birthday is just when it stops, it stops on the 18th, mm. uh, you will have accumulated €28,560. You were still 14000 shy of that figure for third level. So you need to do something with that money. So you need to, well, not just that, but you need to plan. I mean, so many people get to the to the third level uh, area and suddenly realize, well, we better use the equity in our, in our house. And that's all grand when you have equity in your house or you, you have other assets that you can use. But when you don't have those other assets, yeah. uh, then it becomes a problem. And I know of cases where there are parents who have kids who got fabulous results in, in their, their leaving and they're, they're not able to afford to send them to third level. That's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. It's heart- for everybody, yeah. you yeah. know, for the children and, and for the parents. Now, in the ever-changing times in which we live, uh, interested to note you've got a chapter for the, the non, uh, for the new Irish, the, the non-nationals, a guide to living here. Yeah, I mean, that is so important. This is an 8,000 word, new, brand new chapter and it's there to support, help and encourage um, people who are coming from abroad to, to live with us and stay with us and to uh, work here and help our economy um, essentially this is actually going back to pensions because you know we have something like 66,000 uh, odd uh, 667,000 rather uh, odd people who are uh, you know pe- pensioned off at the moment uh, they're over 66 so in 30 years time we'll have 1.8 million the demographics are you know we're getting older, we're living longer, we're getting healthier, and there's going to be more and more people now. Every, for everyone who retired last year, we had five uh, workers. In 30 years' time, we will have two. So my contention is that the government, in 30, 40 years' time, will not have enough money to fund the pension, the state pension as we know it. So our only hope is the non-nationals. And I personally welcome them. I think that they're a very understated um, kind of... You know, in fact, I've made a list 
our, our biggest ethnic group in, in Ireland are the Polish people, with 122,000 at the last uh, consensus, which is in 2016. Do you know what the second is, Patricia? Mm, no, another one of the Eastern European countries? UK, 103,000. Oh, from the UK? <laughs> yeah. Wow, yeah. I wouldn't have thought that. So, so the, the issue is that that we need to encourage these people to to, to stay here, work with us, and and and, and you know encourage and their set up home and have their up, families. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's all sorts of things. There are people that you know who have money abroad, and they might want an Irish uh, passport, and they can set up a business here. And and if you have enough money for, to set up that business, then you 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 and your family will get a free passport. But there's also other ways of doing it. But as I say, it's a full chapter on all yeah, the supports. How to even get a PPS number, for instance, when you come over here. How, how do you suggest your book is read? Is it cover to cover or do you dip in and out? You dip in and out. Actually, you know, very sadly, one uh, and it's going to be the last posthumous endorsement, but Gay Byrne exactly said that. It's a great book you can dip in and out of uh, and written in a very user-friendly way. That was his quote. Um, the, 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 the thing about the book is that there's only one man I know over the last 15 years who got that book on a, week, on a Friday and he read it the entire weekend and finished it by Monday morning. That was Owen Harris, but he's, he's a madman. He's a complete madman. <laughs> and uh, the, you wouldn't kind of do that ordinarily. It's the, it is the kind of thing. If, you know, if, if you're thinking of, of you know, getting into pensions, there's a whole chapter on that. There's a whole chapter on mortgages. Um, there's a hundred ways to save cash. Um, there's also all sorts of... Uh, I mean, I've got five tips for the top, which are areas that, in different walks of life, that uh, I actually think that they are worth uh, mentioning and also have my endorsement. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 terrific, and you it's written in layman's terms, which is the which is the important thing. Because usually, if you say to people, and I know at the weekend I was talking to some friends of mine, and I was saying because I had been going through the book over the weekend, and I was saying I need to go home because I need to just finish off a couple more chapters in a book that I'm 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 doing on the program Monday. Oh, what's the book about? And I said, you know, it's it's a financial uh, annual, and you could see their eyes glazed over. <laughs> I say, no, no, honest to God, honest to God, it is well, well worth the read. Because it is fair to say, isn't it, that our finances need constant review. Absolutely. And we need to spend about two hours a month, Patricia, on our finances ourselves. That will save us a fortune. Each of us will save us a fortune by just working two hours a month on our finances. You'd be amazed when people actually, even even to set up uh, a budget planner spreadsheet. Now, a lot of people is kind of for too late for this Christmas. Uh, you know, God knows how they're going to fund this Christmas. Hopefully, they've saved over the last year uh, to build up the money so they can buy all the bits and pieces. But come January, they're going to have to start again and, and work out, you know, how, how do we get back on track? And, you know, I would suggest certainly any of your listeners who want to uh, write to me and get a, a free budget plan or spreadsheet which tops itself up, does all the things, has nice and simple different categories. That's really what you need to find out. How much does it cost you to run your life on a monthly basis? And then the surplus is what you plan with. That's how it works. Yeah, I, I do this every year. I kind of sit down and I, I, I she did it at the weekend. It was just coincidental. I was, I was, I was doing your book at the same time. Um, but we do our planning for the year then. So you know every month what you're outgoing because yeah. you just toss it all up and divide it by 12. 
Exactly. And, and you know, especially if you have, you know, your your TV license is 160, those, those who are paying it. And uh, if, if you, you know, divide that by 12, it's 13 euros, 33 cents. So that comes out of your monthly income. Uh, you're roughly going to know how much your electricity is. You're yes. roughly going to know. Yes. You should know your phone is fairly standard. Yeah. But you can guess most of them. Yeah, and then you've got your health insurance, you've got your doctor's visits, you've got your, if you have childcare, that can be a huge amount of money as well. Then your cars, a lot of households now have at least two cars. Your phones, I mean, I know one family, they've got four kids uh, from the age of, of 12 up to 19, um, and there's six mobile phones in that house. <laughs> That's a lot of money, you know. Yeah, and so, are, there are ways to save money on those mobile phones. Though. Oh, absolutely, and and it is all about shopping around and making sure you get, uh, you know, the best. Uh, I mean, there, there was a, a gentleman who came in to me and he said, uh, "I have to have three lattes a day." I said, three, three lattes a day." Do you know how much that costs? He said, "I don't care." He said, shaking his hand, he said, "I, I have to have my three. Well, I, I'll just tell you, it's going to cost you two thousand net a year to guzzle coffee for that year, and that means you have to earn something like four grand." Uh, to, to, to actually guzzle that coffee. At some stage in the future, I'm not going to stop you from drinking coffee, but at some stage in the future, what you're going to do is you're going to decide, I have a higher priority. I may need to get a nursery room or I might, might need to you know, yeah. change the car or this uh, you know, uh, CPC, this personal contract plan, PCP, um, has a balloon payment at the end of which I don't have. You say in the book that uh, one half of the partnership shouldn't take all responsibility for money management. And that has a tendency to happen in a lot of households. There's one person is better at it than somebody else. So yeah. one person takes over. Why, why do you think it should be a partnership? Well, because, first of all, not all partnerships last, Patricia. And that's the sad part. So the number of... Uh, female in particular that I come across, <coughs> who've left the finances to their other partner and then suddenly find that it, it, it's not working out, they're going to split up or they divorce or they separate or whatever happens and, and they're left foundering and they have to start from scratch as to how to you know, figure out all the finances. And that's why it really is from day one they should be right in it together. Uh, and, uh, you know, but also from, from a, a, you know, two heads are better than one. Yeah, yeah. And it's the same you, you'll often hear it in the older generation when one half, particularly if it's the man dies first, everything has been in his name. Yeah. And then it can be, you yeah. know, it's difficult enough then for the person, the widow who's coming to terms with the loss of their partner and yeah. trying to, to do all, all the finances. Ab- absolutely. But, but that's what I'm saying that, you know, um, you know, there are you know, advisors out there who will help you, you know, through that. And, and certainly the book, there's a whole section on bereavement and separation and divorce in the book as well. I mean, that's also important. And even, you know, um, you know to probate yourself, um, how many people who go to their friendly solicitor um, and he asks them or she asks them to, you know, here's, here's a form, uh, we'll, we'll do a, a free will for you. But they never, ever tell you how much it's going to cost because you're dead. You know? And you think you can do that yourself? Of course you can. Every 99.99% of all estates in Ireland are not complex. They're pretty straightforward. You've got a house, a home, you might have a second house, you might have a few bob, and it's, that's it. So if you're married uh, and your, your partner survives it, it'll go to your partner. Uh, if not, it, it, it'll go to children, and there's all sorts of things under the Succession Act. If you die in test aid, it's, it's, it's a bit of a nightmare. But if you have a will and you only need 
two witnesses who are not beneficiaries and then nominate an executor, normally a family member, and put it up somewhere safe So because you need the original when you go and do the probate. So when you go into the probate office, it's literally a half an hour waiting to see uh, the personal representative. You, f- you filled out this form, you give it to the personal representative, and that's it. You come back and, and you... Now, if you've got property, you probably will need to convey it, so you will need a solicitor to do the conveyance, but you can chop around for that. You know, you there will be so many people thrilled to hear you say that because I countless times uh, we hear from people who had what they would call a straightforward will. Somebody died, everything was left to somebody else, and people questioning why the solicitors charge so much for the probate. Well, I mean, you know, th- this is this. They have a, a sliding scale, which is, is, is hugely expensive. And uh, that's what I'm saying. Even even at the time when you are going and you, you maybe you have a complex will and you are going to your solicitor and they're going to do a will, ask them how much it's going to cost. Can we agree a, pr- a price? Even though you'll be dead. Even though you'll be dead. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> okay. And if finances, John, are out of control, who should you turn to with your money problems? Oh, you would have to go to, um, a, a, you know, a qualified financial advisor. I mean, the sad part is when you go from the 31st of March next, uh, you know, these independent financial advisors uh, are, will no longer be there because they cannot sell products that are, uh, you know, commission-based. So uh, you will go to uh, a financial advisor who has maybe a range of these providers, and that's okay. At least they've got a range. But where you're going to um, one person or maybe even uh, another type of advisor where they can only uh, earn money from selling you a product, that's the problem. Because now, if you're not paying them a fee, like we have a, a a very modest fee-based structure for consultations where the people can come in here and they can go out without having to be forced to buy something or be sold something. Uh, and that's the key because if if you knew, for instance, that you were coming to me for a consultation and I wasn't charging you whatever fee, um, then you'd be saying to yourself, how does this fella make the money? Yeah, yeah. And if, if, if he's not charging me, he must be selling me something. That's the problem. And that's why it, it's a little bit, you know, when you go into the bank, you might have advisors in a, in a bank, but they have got a structure of products and services that they have to cross-sell you. The, the current account is is the most costly product out there. Yeah, now that was going to, I was, you've come in nicely to what was going to be my next question. A lot of us are with the same bank that we opened our first account with. That's mistaken loyalty, isn't it? Absolutely. Now it certainly is. I mean, you have the the, the uh, Competition and Consumer Protection Commission, which is a mouthful in itself, ccpc.ie, which is the old National Consumer Agency. And what they have is a website which actually compares all of these things, including current accounts, credit cards, the whole lot. You can do it for free, and you can find out who has the best. I mean, if you actually look at the current accounts, the best one out there, actually, is the subsidiary of AIB, and that's EBS, because they don't charge anything for your uh, ATM uh, costs or your debit cards or your current account and, and it's, it's, it's basically a free service. But you know, it's not even a question that, it's a question of you know, now, I mean, banking has gone completely, you know, uh, soulless. You go in, I go into my local bank here, I, I try and avoid it as much as I can because it's like going to a self-service restaurant yeah. where you've got all these holes in the wall and every now and again there are some really, really helpful people who find that you're a little bit muddled and they come over and say, can I help you? And they'll uh, 
But what they're basically doing is they're setting you up so you're able to do it on your own. They, you won't need that next time you come in. Yeah, it's all self-service and it's, that personal touch is, is absolutely completely gone. Is it possible to live debt-free? Um, it is if you plan it. Everything is about planning, Patricia. I, I, I can't stress this enough. I mean, we've all got next year, for instance, when you think about it, you've got birthdays in your house, you've got um, anniversaries, Father's Day, Mother's Day, Valentine's Day. You've got your kids' birthdays. You've got uh, little mini breaks, holidays, Christmas, uh, Easter. You know you're going to spend money. So you could tot all of those up, divide by 12, and start saving it from January. Now, they have these things called regular saver accounts where you save between 100 and 1,000 a month, and you save it for 12 months, and you're only allowed one withdrawal generally, um, and that would be to take the money out and, and spend it on those same things. So um, the best of them, again, actually, funny enough, uh, you'd swear I was an agent for EBS, and <laughs> I'm not, but the best of them is the EBS at 1.25, absolutely pathetic rate. Uh, take the dirt tax of 35% off that, you're left with 0.81%, and that's the best of them. It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, it really is, But you still crazy. need to save. You yeah. still need to put money away. You know, those people, I actually was in the, the door recently to try and talk to both sides of the, of the house in relation to uh, an idea called the residual mortgage. Our young people do not have uh, an opportunity to buy their own home because they, they can't afford to, to save for that uh, you know, uh, deposit. They also are paying a huge amount. My daughter, my own daughter, is paying in Dunleary with another girl a two-bedroom apartment, no view, twenty-two hundred a month. Patricia, how in the name of God can these people save at the same time for a deposit to buy their own home? So I came in with this idea of a residual mortgage, whereby. Uh, you would have, um, you know, uh, 100% mortgage given to the uh, person who is under 35 because they'd get a 35-year mortgage. Um, 50% of that mortgage would be on an interest-only basis, 50% on a capital interest. At the end of 35 years, you've you've actually paid off 50% of the mortgage, you paid off all the interest, and you've now only got uh, the 50% left. But you go back 80, uh, in 1984, which is 35 years ago, you could buy a three-bedroom house here in Dublin for about maybe twenty-five, thirty thousand. 30,000. So 50% of that is, you know, 15 grand. It won't be a whole heap. But even aside from that, there's nothing to stop you in the 35 years if your income goes up, paying off an amount. But the, the interesting part about this whole idea was that that 100% mortgage, when you tot up the two um, mortgages that you're paying, is less than a 90% capital and interest loan. And if you're talking about 250000 you're looking at maybe €250 Euros a month less by getting 100% this way. Than what people are paying out. Than what people are paying out on a 90% loan. Yeah. And they have to fund 10%. Now, you know, 10% of, 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 of a 300,000 property, that's 30,000. Someone wants to know, can John ever see the government introducing SSIAs again? Um, God, they I were can. great. Yeah, I can. I, I, they were good, and it was a form of saving. Uh, but, you know, the, the pension, believe it or not, is a better form of saving. It's probably the best investment in Ireland. When you think about it, for every €100 Euros that you're putting into a pension, the government is giving you back, if you're on the higher rate of tax, they're giving you back €40. Euros. So that means before you start that year, you're up 40%. Now, 
take take at the moment we're in the tenth year of the second longest bull market, only three years shy. And the bull market, of course, when you have a little crash, next day it goes up and it keeps going up. Well, this is um, you know, as I say, the tenth year we're uh, three years shy, it, and it's it's still at about even with all that's happening in the world with Trump and Kim Jong Un and Brexit and all the rest of it, we're about ten or twelve percent this year alone. So there's your forty percent and your twelve percent as. No, 52% yeah. in one year. And never, ne- well, obviously never too early, but never too late to start a pension. I had um, two people in recently, and I was quoted actually in the Indo about four or five weeks ago, saying there was a 26-year-old girl who came into my office for a consultation, and uh, when and I told her all about pension and everything, she was visibly upset that she had missed out on the first two years of pension <laughs> contributions. Now, that, I, I thought that was really good, right? Yeah. Uh, there was a guy in last week, he's 25, he's setting up a pension, and he was the same, you know, uh, which I think it's, there's a new thing, they're starting to realise yeah. we have a pension problem in this country. Yeah. We yeah. need to start thinking about the future, even though we're young, we want to have fun. Okay, well, listen, it is, once again, it's an absolutely terrific uh, book. It's The Money Doctors 2020, uh, John Lowe, bright and yellow. You can't miss it inside inside in the shop. Uh, Good luck with it as always, John, and we will talk again. Thank you very much. God bless and remind yourself. Bye-bye. That is uh, John Lowe, The Money Doctor, 1850-333-103. And just on some breaking news, and thank you to a couple of people who sent in a text uh, to see did we know about this. Uh, The Kerry TD Michael Healy Ray has been brought to hospital following a fire in his shop. The blaze is believed to have broken out around the fuse board at the filling station. A shop in Kilgarvan this morning. Fire services were notified just before 9am. One unit attended. Deputy Danny Healy Ray has said his brother is fine, but he's gone to hospital as a precaution. He said uh, Michael extinguished the fire himself. Go on, Michael. But he inhaled smoke in the process. We'll have more of that, no doubt, in the news at 12. Cork today on C103. With Cork City Council and Glow, a Cork Christmas celebration. Get into the family festive spirit with a visit to Glow on the Grand Parade. Open every weekend until Christmas. John in Cove said, when we were growing up, Christmas was special and everybody looked forward to it. But now, he says, when you look at families today, they have Christmas every day and there's not a lot for children to look forward to. Even the children going to school are driven to and from school. So John says, in his opinion, Christmas, Easter, Mother's Day, Father's Day and all those types of days should be done away with and save people money for something decent and stop putting families under pressure. (laughs) I don't know how people feel about doing away with uh, Christmas and children might have a lot today, John, but I still think they look forward to it. It's gone. You are right. It has gone very commercial, but I don't think doing away with it is what I, I couldn't see a lot of people agreeing with that. Maybe, maybe others will agree with John. Just scrap it all. Be done. Be done. We're spending too much. Forget about it. 1850 We're looking for your questions for Annalise Drissel, our nutritional therapist, by the way. She's going to join us in the next hour. You can call John Paul or you can text in any question for Annalise. And we also will be open. I imagine we'll open the text message service on this. Uh, Sue's Asian Street Food based at four, 4 Spa Square in Mallow have very kindly given us three €50 vouchers to give away today. We will be chopping up a song in the walk and mixing it together. We'll play the song and you have to work out. It sounds harder than it is 
I heard it and got it first time round. That's not to say it's going to be as easy for every day this week, but certainly today's one I found easy. We're going to play it in the next hour. If you think you can identify the song, we'll be getting you to text and you could win one of those 50 euro voucher. Thanks to the gang at Sue's Asian Street Food Spa Square in Mallow, who, by the way, have updated their menu with nutritionist Lucy Highland to give you a healthy menu with naturally fresh goodness to keep you at your best. And they deliver right to your door. So vouchers to be given away for Sue's Asian Street Food every day this week. Let's take a break, though. And we head to news at 12 midday. Cork Today on C103. With Cork City Council and Glow. A Cork Christmas celebration. Festive food and fun. The Ferris wheel and so much more on the Grand Parade. Visit Glow. Open every weekend until Christmas. Here at C103, we've given away shopping vouchers worth a total of €5,000. €5,000. C103's Christmas Covered. Congratulations, Tricia. You're today's winner on C103's Christmas Covered. 500 euro, one for all voucher will be winging its way to you. Colin Baker in Mitchellstown. It was! Yes, there were 15 bells. Congratulations. Thank you so much. 11. Kieran, I'm so delighted to be able to pass this gift your way. Thanks very much. I'm delighted. Congratulations. Wow, I'm actually crying. Tears on the radio. Oh my goodness, what a lovely response. Lauren, I'm so pleased for you. Thank you. Well done to all our lucky winners. C103's Christmas Covered. With Dennis and Mary Ryans, where the new 2020 C5 Aircross has arrived. Now open Sundays. See Ryans.ie. And stay listening for our next big giveaway. Coming soon to Cork's greatest hits. C103. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Martin in from Moy. Text straight away says, Hi Patricia, I'm with John in Cove on this. John in Cove uh, rang us just before news at 12 uh, to say he thinks Christmas, Easter, Father's Day, Mother's Day, Valentine's Day, they all should be cancelled. It would save people money. You could save then and do something decent. We're putting families under pressure and that Christmas isn't as special as it once was, says our John in Cove. Why? Because children have so much. It's like Christmas every day. So Martin in Cove says, I'm with John in Cove on this one. Christmas is a joke. I think it is a most upsetting time of year. I don't even like it when people give me presents. I hate Christmas so much, says Martin. Scrap it now. It's all money. It's all trying to outdo each other. Get rid of it now, says Martin in uh, for my saddened to see a text like that, Martin. You really are um, a bad humbug and don't like Christmas. And, you know, there are people don't like Christmas for the emotional for emotional reasons I mean people who've lost a loved one people I think who suffered a family bereavement or tragedy around this time of year Christmas can be very difficult for them because it just reminds them of a very sad period in their lives so I can understand why people don't like Christmas and why it can really get to them from an emotional uh, point of view but I don't think we should scrap it just because it's gone too commercial Christmas is whatever you make of it yourself I mean you can spend as much as you like or you can spend as little as you like. And for me, it's all about being with family. I think that's what Christmas is for me. And yes, I give presents and yes, I, and I like to receive presents. And I am, I think, like a lot of us Irish people, I'm more of a giver than a receiver. I get a, a greater buzz out of 
buying a present for somebody and particularly if I've landed on something that I know somebody's really going to love or really wants or really needs and I love to see the excitement of somebody opening what's going to be a much loved present. There is nothing like that. And I way prefer that to opening my own presents. But I do like to receive gifts. I'm not I'm not saying that that I don't. But Christmas, Martin, really, it's what you make of it. It's what you make of it. But I don't think you can, as I know yourself and John would like to start the club of going ban it now. That's never going to happen. And I don't think it should happen either, to be very honest. But thank you for your text 0862103103. Competition this week. Our good friends at Sue's Asian Street Food for Spa Square in Mallow have given us daily vouchers, three daily vouchers, each worth €50 to be spent at their restaurant. And remember, they do they do deliveries as well right to your door. And they have recently updated their menu with nutritionist Lucy Highland, giving you a healthier menu with natural fresh goodness to keep you at your very best. We have chopped up a song and put it in the walk. You've got to work out what this song is. If you can identify this song, we need the name of the song, please. And along with your name and address and text or WhatsApp to 0862 103 103. What song is in the walk? There you go. Chopped up song in the walk. Can you identify that song if you can, and you'd like to win one of our 50 euro vouchers from so- Sue's Asian Street Food Spa Square in Mallow. Get texting or WhatsApping only, please. 086 103. We'll leave the text and the WhatsApp open for 10 minutes and then we will select our three winners for today. Okay, there you go. Get texting, get WhatsApping, please. You can also text or WhatsApp, by the way, a, a nutritional question for Annalise Drussell, our nutritional therapist. She'll be joining us after half past 12 today. Or you can give John Paul a call if you want to call him with a question for Annalise, 1850 Some of your texts coming in to us when we were talking about South Dock and the difficulty some people have been having. Different parts of the county, it started out with a call to South Dock in Mallow, but also getting complaints in from the Clonakilty area, people having problems getting out, getting to see a South Dock there on some occasions. Uh, I, Patricia, I am a small part-time farmer and I'm listening away here at work today. Good to have you along. This is Martin in uh, Clonakilty. And I really can't believe what I'm hearing regarding calls to do with the South Dock service. Last night, I had a bit of an emergency with a cow. Now, I was reluctant at first to ring the vet but as it was 2am in the morning but then I had no choice and realised bit of an emergency I needed to ring the vet now bearing in mind my vet is 20 minutes away from where I live I called him and he was in my yard 25 minutes later where in the name of God has it all gone wrong keep up the good work kind regards says Martin from Clannacilty that you can get a vet out in an emergency to a sick cow and yet when somebody needs to ring for a doctor, there's no doctor available. What's gone wrong with our country is pondering Martin from Clonakilty. Thanks, Martin, 1850-333-103 on the behaviour of children and how children behave. Sandy says, re-parental control. 
was at a family function a few years ago in a hotel and a number of school classmates of my daughter were also attending. After a while, I noticed that my daughter and others were teasing another child who, by the way, wasn't a classmate. I stepped out and actually caught my daughter teasing this other little girl. I sent her over to apologise to the girl and to ask the girl if she wanted to come over and play with the rest of the group. Some of the other parents who stood by They saw what was going on, but they pretended that they didn't notice the teasing of this other young girl. Uh, So none of them encouraged what I had encouraged my daughter to do. Some, rather than face up to it, took their children out for a walk rather than correct them. No wonder we've snobbery and racism, says uh, Sandy, if the parents... Well, I think that's the one thread that's coming through since I mentioned what happened to me this morning as somebody in a text said, monkey see, monkey do. It's children, it's learned behaviour, isn't it? How, if you're going to mock somebody or laugh at somebody or sneer at somebody, somebody else said they didn't lick that off the floor you know it's learned from somewhere and the fact of the mother's reaction when she caught them giggling and, and what are you doing and why are you laughing and when they looked over at Marcia and then she smirked along so obviously it's something that they've learned from, from the mother so it's, let's not blame the children here it does seem to be the mother more than anything now on loud dance music and I kind of knew we were going to get a bit of a reaction on this one for sure this was the our caller Marie in the last hour who was wondering how did others feel about music at dances and how loud some of the music can be and how did people feel about it and you know had others noticed it and, and etc we've had a, a good lot of calls in and I can see a lot of texts and whatsapps in, in on it as well basically saying the same thing I agree with Marie about the band music and the volume being too loud I suffer from tinnitus I was at a wedding and it, the music came on full volume my ears I was almost deaf for three days and they were still ringing up to two weeks later my theory is by raising the volume People will dance instead or instead of sitting enjoying the music and the chat. So now we normally, if we're at particularly at a wedding, we will go out of the dance area and go somewhere quieter. And I've noticed that happens a lot at weddings. And I wonder is that what it is? Is is do the bands deliberately play the music loud because they want to see people on the dance floor and if the music isn't loud enough this is a good theory if the music isn't loud enough and everybody's sitting around chatting will it be seen that the band are not doing their job the job is is to get people out dancing and enjoying themselves but surely there should be a happy medium you'll always get people out who love the dancing and want to be on the dance floor shouldn't there be a happy medium for the people who don't want to be on the dance floor all night long and want to be able to sit and want to be able to uh, able to chat uh, Hi Patricia Cesarian I think the loud music is a spin-off from the disco era. Young people, when booking a wedding band, they know no difference. They've always had loud music. 85% of young people getting married today would never have experienced a live band, says Irene, before their wedding. So they really don't notice how loud the music is. And a couple of other people were making the point with discos and nightclubs the way they are uh, and the loud music. Half those young people are going to be deaf into the future. They're all doing damage to their ears. 1850 So yes, a lot of people agreeing with Marie who joined us earlier on on the programme because she was wondering was she on her own on this one or how did others feel? But it's interesting. She also raised the issue about noise, noise pollution. I don't know if noise pollution comes into it. I mean, 
Can you have noise pollution inside in a hotel, a wedding venue? Can you have noise pollution when you're going along to a dance site? I, I, I don't know on the health and safety grounds of it. That's what others are suggesting as well. 1850-333-103. John Paul continues to take uh, your calls, texts and WhatsApps uh, coming in. In particular, we're looking for questions for Annalise Drissel, nutritional questions of the Health Hub Times Square in Balancholic. You can get those in as well. 0862 103 103. The C103 Cork Diary. With Cork County Council. Supporting businesses, supporting communities, serving Cork. Visit corkcoco.ie. Dromahan Community Park Group are currently fundraising to construct a walkway and lighting in the park. Now they're holding a grand draw which is going to happen in February with the first prize of a Keop Canto car. They're currently going to door-to-door selling tickets which are 20 euro each also available at Hickey's Bar and Kelly's Shop. Bandon Flower and Garden Club they're presenting a Christmas flower arranging demonstration with Margaret O'Hearn of IFA in the Munster Arms Hotel that's on tonight 8 o'clock please note that visitors are welcome. Donnerail Active Retirement Groups they are meeting this afternoon at 3 that's in the community centre while Newmarket Girls National School are presenting the Do Hollow Choral Society and the Choir from Newmarket Girls School in concert tomorrow night half past seven in St Mary's Church in Newmarket. Tickets priced at €10. And the Patrician Academy are presenting Back to the 80s. That's in St Patrick's Boys National School. It's on Wednesday and Thursday of this week at half past seven. Tickets are available from the school. And a coffee morning in aid of the Hope Foundation will be held in Centre Herdehys in Mallow this Friday morning from 9am to 12pm. We're playing all your favourite Christmas hits after 1pm on C103 with your local mace. Going the extra smile this Christmas for a season filled with magic. On C103. With Cork City Council and Glow, a Cork Christmas celebration. Food markets, Ferris wheel, and a fun festive park on the Grand Parade. Visit Glow, open every weekend until Christmas. My favourite thing about Glow is going into Bishop Lucy Park and then afterwards going out to get a hot chocolate in the market. Cork at Christmas is amazing. I love going to the markets and everything. Crips and mini donuts and then heading on to the Ferris wheel. Join C103 for the return of Glow, a Cork Christmas celebration on the Grand Parade every weekend until December 22nd. Take a family trip to town and explore Bishop Lucy Park magically lit by Doucher puppets and transformed into a Christmas wonderland where Santa is bringing the National Elf Test Centre. Take in the beautiful Beautiful city views from the Ferris wheel. Indulge at the food markets and enjoy festive entertainment. Tis the season to visit Glow at the Grand Parade. Presented by Cork City Council, The Echo, and C103. And just a couple of minutes left, I'd say about four minutes left on our competition for Sue's uh, Asian street food in Mallow where they've kindly given us 350 euro vouchers remembering that they do deliver right to your door with our chopped up song I can see lots of people have it right but I can also see lots of people have it wrong as well so about four more minutes left on that and John Paul will select our three winners for today and we're going to do that every day this uh, week 
interested in people's thoughts on the FAI it seems now the Football Association of Ireland is going to be bypassed so that the grassroots games can be funded to the tune of more than 2 million now this certainly was good news when I heard the sports minister Shane Ross who comes in for a lot of stick from a lot of people but I think he's got his finger on the pulse on this one he's come under pressure to ensure that local teams don't suffer at grassroots level from what one senior politician has branded the biggest scandal in Irish sport ever what has happened in the FAI now state funding to the Football Association in in 2018 amounted to 2.9 million just under 3 million euro but of course that was suspended amid the serious questions which were raised about the governance and about the finances at the FAI and of course on Friday it was revealed that they have liabilities to the tune of 55 million euro and I that figure I have to say stopped me dead in my tracks we knew that people were going to be aghast at the amount of money that John Delaney's exit package was going to be and John Delaney's exit package came came out at just under half a million I actually think when I heard the half a million I, I didn't even bat an eyelid because I was still trying to come to terms with how could they be in debt to 55 million euro and that nobody seems to know about it. It just seems crazy. Anyway, Shane Ross, he is the sports minister, along with Sport Ireland and the FAI. They've all been invited to an emergency meeting of the Oireachtas Sports Committee and that's going to happen on Wednesday of this week. Minister Ross last night argued and said, we can't trust the FAI. And he said other ways were being found to try to fund the grassroots football. He and his department, he said, we're at an advanced stage of ensuring more than two million can be channeled through an intermediary to fund development officers and their programmes with local clubs. And it's understood the arrangement will be finalised in the next couple of weeks with the funding then to be provided early in the new year. Minister Ross warned that funding would not be restored directly to the Football Association of Ireland until there was a massive overhaul of its corporate corporate governance. They really have a long, long way to go. I think they're, before they're going to be trusted again, particularly when you think 55 million euro and there was audited accounts were done and nothing was showing up and now suddenly, oh, somebody opened a can of worms. Can I say it was Mark uh, Tig from the Sunday Times who opened the can of worms only for his journalism and he stuck at it when and it was when he revealed that John Delaney had loaned money to the FAI. Normally it's the other way around. There's a bit of controversy. Very unusual for a CAO to be loaning money to an organisation but Mark Ty had the sense to realise there's something very fishy here why would an organisation that's not meant to be losing money if anything is meant to be making money if you looked at the audited accounts it was making money so he got a sniff and said there's something wrong here and we'll all remember John Delaney took Mark Ty all the way to the courts to the steps of the courts trying to get an injunction to stop the, the story but luckily the story wasn't stopped and then out of that opened this Pandora's box and what tumbled out of that can of worms people are still coming to terms with. And actually I read in the paper today that a junior soccer club in Monaghan, they're remaining a bit tight-lipped at the moment as to whether or not they'll rename their ground because, would you believe, their ground is called 
the John Delaney Park. It was Clones Town. They named their facility after John Delaney, who was the CEO uh, in of the FAI back in 2009. So they brought John Delaney along to a special function and then they named the park the John Delaney Park. And obviously now the remaining titles, they haven't decided yet what they're going to do, but you would imagine, you would imagine there'll be a bit of a name change uh, on that particular park. And while we're on the topic of name changes, fantastic letter in the letters to the editor in the Irish Examiner today from Dominic Carroll in Ardfield. And this is to do with the naming rights for Porky Creef. And Dominic writes to the paper saying, word has it that the Cork County Board is looking to sell the naming rights for Porky Queef. This is odd, says Dominic, given that it already has a name. Many may know that the stadium is named after Porrick O'Queef, who was active in the IRA Cork Number no. 1 Brigade and who also served as General Secretary of the GAA for some 35 years. Controversially, he removed Douglas Hyde, who was President of Ireland, as a patron of the GAA in 1938. Hyde had broken the GAA's ban on foreign games by attending an international soccer match in Dublin. Maybe this explains why consternation is, uh, why consideration my apologies, is being given to the renaming of the stadium. Or perhaps O'Queeve's membership of the IRA is now seen as problematic. History is always being rewritten, says Dominic, with yesterday's heroes often recast as today's villains. And each one of us is entitled to change your mind about somebody. Though, says Dominic, Porrick O'Queeve still seems okay to me. But I hope, he says, that members of the Cork GAA will not allow the People's Stadium in the People's Republic to be sullied with corporate branding who actually wants that says uh, Dominic Carroll as I say writing great letter well done uh, Dominic great letter written to the Irish Examiner today and I wonder how many people do want it or would people agree with Dominic that Porky Cueve has always been Porky Cueve and leave it as Porky Cueve now I'm assuming that the county board will say we can make money out of this all of the other the soccer stadiums, the rugby stadiums, they all go to the corporate bodies and they make money out of naming a stadium for a certain period of time. And it happens all over the world. And it's a way for, we know Porky Cueve has debt because of the wonderful rebrand. We, the, the work that was done, the redevelopment work, excellent redevelopment work, but it has to be paid for. So is this one way of paying for it by putting a corporate name onto Porky Cueve? But would you be with Dominic? Leave it as as it is. Nobody really wants to see any name change to Porky Cueve or any name added to like Coca-Cola's Porky Cueve or whatever. Guinness's, well it can't be Guinness, it can't be an alcoholic brand, whatever brand decides to go for it. And I imagine there would be a queue. I imagine a lot of people, a lot of the bigger corporates would want their name associated with what is a very, very successful venue, particularly all the concerts that are coming up as well. Anyway, your thoughts welcomed on that. Are you with Dominic, who feels nobody really wants Porky Cueve to be 
to be sent out to the corporate world and for a sponsorship to be taken in by way of name, by putting a different name on it. Or would you be with, if it is the county board's wish, is it a good way to make money and get rid of the debt that hangs over the head of Porky Cueve and get it, you know, get the money in as quick as you can and get it paid off. 1850-333-103. And you can stop texting us for this. And it was What's Love Got To Do With It, the Tina Turner song. I thought it was relatively easy, but I have to say, looking down at some of the answers that came in, a, a number of people thought it was a Christmas tune. And I don't know how they're hearing that from I suppose when it's, when it's over the radio, maybe it's, you're hearing it all slightly different. Anyway, it's What's Love Got To Do With It. That's the answer. Uh, thank you to everybody who took part and our winners today, each winning a €50 Euro voucher for Sue's Asian Street Food in Mallow, Eileen O'Callaghan in Glantam, Brian O'Donovan in Castletown Roach and Rachel Leahy in Mallow. Congratulations to to each of you. Now we do it all over again tomorrow and every day this week we're chopping up a different song in the walk, mixing it together. And when you think you've worked out what the song title is, we'll be asking you to text or WhatsApp. OK, I need to take a break. And coming up, Annalise Drissel of the Health Hub Times Square in Balancolic, answering all of your nutritional questions. If you have a question, get it in 1850 333 103. Text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103. Cork Today on C103. With Cork City Council and Glow, a Cork Christmas celebration. Get into the family festive spirit with a visit to Glow on the Grand Parade. Open every weekend until Christmas. Cork's more news at breakfast. Wake up with Simon Murdoch. Weekday mornings on C103. So the tree is up. You've made a start on the shopping and you've gone through two tins of roses. We're on the countdown to the big day on Cork's more music breakfast with 2,620 euro to be won. Peter Romani. I'm now thinking Bob Plus on tomorrow's show, win a brand new pair of Sony headphones thanks to Soundstore and Cork's greatest hits that you need to get you going for your Tuesday morning. Cork. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question and take advantage of 30% off? 
The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com to get 30% off. Select lab-grown diamonds. That's BlueNile.com for 30% off lab-grown diamonds. BlueNile.com. More music breakfast. With Dano's Centra. Spartland Mallow. Enjoy a fresh start every morning with Dano's Maxol Filling Station. Frank and Honest Coffee, Deli and Bakery. C103. This is the Cork Today replay on C103. And Annalise Drussell of the Health Hub Times Square in Balancholic uh, joining us on this Monday afternoon. Good afternoon to you, Annalise. Good afternoon. And, and you are very welcome. Uh, Marie in Cove was on to us to, to say her body is completely hot at night time. She describes as being hot from the tip of her head to the tip of her toes. She finds it hard to sleep. Why is this? She was on HRT from 1985 and only came off it in the last year. Well, is that the answer to her question? I'd say that's probably it. Uh, Patricia, I'd say it is, you know, I mean, the hot flushes are different for different women. Some people get them at the daytime. Some people get them as night sweats. Some people just feel hotter all the time. And then some people get them in flashes and flushes. So um, I would say that it probably is a hormonal thing. And I always think the sage is the best for the hot flushes and the night sweats. So she could take that as a supplement. You'll buy it in any health store. And uh, just, I think, you know, a lot of women take it and the hot flushes disappear and they forget and they stop taking the sage and then it comes back. And So I think just stay on it, you know, stay on it for at least six months to a year before you give it a break and hopefully you'll be over the worst of it then. But actually I was just reading an article now this morning in the in uh, this paper about, um, you know, women with menopause. So the symptoms being so poorly understood really by doctors and uh, that a lot of women, when they become perimenopausal before their periods even stop, they can get very anxious. The sweats, we know, and most people will accept as a symptom, but very anxious and very low mood and losing libido, not just, you know, sexual libido, but lust for life. So very little interest in, in things that normally would interest them. Um, and also cholesterol will spike often when you're perimenopausal as well, because your body's trying to make more hormones, so it need, thinks it needs more cholesterol. And a lot of women end up on antidepressants and statins which really don't help because it's a hormonal issue. So um, there's lots of natural plant hormones that can help boost your own dropping hormones. So the sage is fantastic for the hot flushes, but the plant-based hormones are very good if you're experiencing the other symptoms. Um, So don't despair. There are options, you know. And then I would say to people, if they've tried all the natural things and you're not getting a relief, just take the HRT. I mean, there is evidence that that does cause an increased risk of cancer and stroke but if you're healthy otherwise it's always the benefit you know versus the risk there's no point spending five years of your life utterly miserable yeah and as you said at the outset it's different for every woman isn't it no two women are going to be the same and you can't sort of say to somebody oh when you reach such and such an age all the symptoms will disappear because it's just not the case Absolutely. Um, I mean, I had one beautiful customer, a lovely lady in her 70s. Now, her skin was magnificent, so obviously the hormones <laughs> were doing her some good. But she was still getting the odd hot flush. Yeah. You know, she'd still get a couple a week. So her oestrogen levels were still fluctuating. Um, so, you know, if you've had, um, I suppose, problems with your periods throughout your life, 
it might be that you'll have a worse menopause. I mean, I do see women who would be suffer from very severe anxiety and depression and they think they're mad. They think they're going mad because they think, why? As, you know, my life is great, so why do I feel like this? I don't think enough importance is given to oestrogen as a neurotransmitter, as one that actually helps our brains. You know, mm. it's always considered a sex hormone for the menstrual cycle, but it's never really considered for our brains. And I think there's a huge significance for women's mood when that starts dropping. Yeah, and I also have a great doctor who said, you know, he, he said too many women blame uh, everything on, oh, it's, it's, my, it's menopause. Oh, that's menopause. And he said, you know, things are getting missed because people are just blaming it all on the menopause and there might be nothing to do with the menopause. That can be true too, Patricia, I suppose. Exactly. And it's very hard to get through how you feel in a 15-minute consultation with the doctors. God love them. They are pushed to the pin of their collars trying to deal with the amount of patients in such short times. So, um, you know, I think, like, health shops are a good resource for that reason as well because sometimes, you know, somebody with a different view can come up with maybe another reason why you might be feeling the way that you're feeling. Okay, Esther says, I'm on a daily aspirin, but I'm getting a lot of heartburn. What would Annalise suggest foods to possibly avoid? Okay, so you see, that's the difficulty really is that aspirin is very rough on the system. So the reason that um, the listener is getting heartburn now is because the acid is really inflaming her whole digestive tract. So there will be some foods, probably more than others, that will exacerbate the heartburn. But the problem there is really the aspirin. So the first thing I'd suggest is she goes back to the doctor and ask for a different type of aspirin because some of them are coated all the better to prevent damage to the stomach. And then the second thing that I'd suggest maybe is taking something like slippery elm. So slippery elm is great to prevent against the side, you know, against that inflammation. It's actually from a slippery elm tree. And if you look at it in the powder and if you wet it, it goes really kind of gluey mucilagely. So the whole idea is that it coats the esophagus and the stomach with that lovely thick layer and it kind of supports and um, backs up your own stomach mucus that's supposed to protect the lining of the stomach. So it would protect from the burning of the aspirin. But in this case, really, I think it's best to go back and get the aspirin changed to one that won't be as rough on the system. Okay, Ellen has Raynard's disease and she also suffers with chillblains. Any recommendations for help, please? Yeah, so I think one of the best things is probably the um, horseradish and garlic complex that comes from Viridian. It's brilliant for circulation. So the garlic keeps the blood lovely and thin um, and the horseradish is great as well. And it's actually a fantastic, like everything natural, Patricia, has more than one benefit. So it's also a brilliant one for the immune system in the wintertime, the horseradish and garlic. Um, Garlic as well is great for thinning mucus out. Uh, of course, very strong antibacterial and antiviral properties as well. Plus, garlic actually will keep your blood lovely and thin, so it's great for anybody who's got heart problems too. So that's probably one of the best ones, I would say, for Raynaud's. With Raynaud's, what happens is that the tiny little capillaries that go to the tips of the fingers and the toes will shut down, basically, when you become cold. So the blood doesn't get out to the peripherals, and they become very, very cold and numb. You don't get the feeling. So it's all about keeping the circulation as healthy as possible. Um, another great one for circulation always as well is hawthorn. Hawthorn is really important for the health of the actual um, cells in veins and arteries and capillaries. And you can take that as a supplement or you can drink it as hawthorn tea. 
Um, check in your health shop as well, though, because I think with the hawthorn and garlic, it wouldn't be suitable if you were on a blood thinner. So just make sure you tell them in the health shop what medication you're on first. Noreen in Mallow is suffering from severe hip pain. Her doctor has recommended pain relief injections. She's wondering what's Annalise's view of these pain relieving injections and would there be any natural source for pain relief? It so gets worse when she's moving. Yeah, look, Patricia, those, uh, she definitely needs to get that pain relief injection. Yeah. <laughs> like a new woman afterwards. Um, you know, some of those pain relief injections are painkillers and some of them are very strong steroid injections. Um, so with the hip pain there, there's obviously wear and tear for arthritis. So especially when she's walking and doing exercise, she's getting the rubbing of bone on bone. And that's very, very painful. There is nothing natural that's going to give you the same immediate benefit as that pain injection. But what you could start considering to take is something to support your joints in general. Um, And one of the best things for joints is collagen. Um, And we spoke about collagen actually last week and I had a big run on the skin collagen, Patricia. So (laughs) we're a very vain nation, I think, um, because I've never seen so many people interested in a supplement. So collagen is wonderful for skin and bones and joints. It does a few different jobs and a lot of the newer joint supplements will have collagen in there um, and they can help you know prevent any further wear and tear and in some cases can help to rebuild the collagen in between joints and the cartilage so you will get some relief over that in time but that takes time for the joints to heal and rebuild so definitely I would recommend in this case the pain injections and and they do work they certainly do work okay Mick is an interesting one he has he describes his his symptoms as sneezing watery eyes and mouth ulcers it all came off came on when he gave up the drink for the month of November he's wondering could the lack of Beamish he finds the Beamish kills everything off could it be in any link with him going off the drink for the month of November and getting this watery eyes runny sneezing and and ulcers I, well, listen, I mean, they used to give the likes of Beamish and Guinness to pregnant women. Patricia, they did, they did. Uh, for the iron in it, you know, so I'm, I I, couldn't possibly knock the, the porter <laughs> for any reason whatsoever. But um, this sounds to me like it's in a real a real allergy thing. And um, like generally runny nose and runny eyes is, is you're producing a lot of histamine. I'd suggest to him that maybe he takes an antihistamine from the pharmacy. You can get an over-the-counter one and see does that clear it up. Um it could be, like, I mean, I find that a lot of people that get sneezy at this time of the year, it tends to be down to mould. So check and see, is there any damp or black mould growing in the house or in the bathroom? And wipe it down either with a solution of vinegar or with a solution of bleach or something. Um, we're very, some people are highly allergic to mould. And even a small bit of mould in the house can trigger that type of a, uh, of a sneeze and, and runny eyes. The fact that he's getting mouth ulcers as well, I wonder has he started eating more berries? Some people, are tomatoes possibly is another one, Patricia, and strawberries particularly of the berries can often cause um, an overload of histamine in the body and you'd get the runny eyes and the runny nose and you could get the mouth ulcers as a result of that. So it may be a coincidence. Um, so I'd maybe recommend that he'd have treat himself to a few pints of the porter this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, go to the pharmacy and take an antihistamine and see does that do the job. <laughs> and Mick, let us know how you, how you get on. Um, poor Dennis is a 70-year-old man suffering from constipation. He's trying to get off laxatives. What would you yes, suggest? There's lots of things um, that can help Patricia. And generally, 
you see, I always think with, with the alternative health, you have to figure out, okay, what's the cause? Why is, because we shouldn't be constipated. We should be having a bowel movement every single day. 24 hours is the ideal transit time. And if you ever wanted to check it yourself, you could eat maybe some raw beetroot or take some sweet corn. And ideally, you should be seeing it coming out the other end in about 24 hours. And that's a healthy transit time. Um, so there's a reason for constipation. And I think generally it falls into pretty much three categories. One, that maybe you're not digesting your food efficiently. So it's kind of becoming more sticky and clay-like in your colon and it's not um, passing through efficiently. So a digestive enzyme, particularly one with a bit of acid to support the digestion of protein, might solve the problem. The second reason would be that you're eating a food that, because when we think of IBS, we always think of IBS diarrhea, but actually IBS constipation is far more uh, common. And often there's a food-based source for that. So maybe it could be wheat or it might be uh, and in fact, when I do the tests, Patricia, egg is the top culprit of the food intolerances and dairy would be the second one. So maybe start noticing, are you worse after eating certain foods? And then the last reason is down to medication. Either you've become constipated after taking a course of antibiotics or you're taking, like I know some, for some people, the pill, the contraceptive pill can contribute. Mm-hmm. Um, certain pain medications, um, maybe this gentleman might be on certain pain medications can cause constipation in which case you probably should take a natural laxative. So you're looking at things like psyllium husk, aloe vera, and uh, possibly maybe rhubarb extract is another great one. Senecot is a natural laxative as well, but it can be very, very harsh on the system. So I would go gently with something like that. But if you go into your local health shop, they'll have products that have a combination of um, rhubarb, aloe vera. Get a natural laxative. Get yeah. a natural laxative, exactly. Okay, Dan says, Hi, Annalise. In recent times, I've started getting what I describe as a t- tingling sensation under the skin, just in one of my shoulders. Any idea what that might be and how do I get rid of it? Says Dan. Um, I don't know what it could be, really. And I think maybe a physio might be a better um, person to ask that question of. I know sometimes I do get that kind of a tingle myself, but I know it's because I have been sitting for too long or a nerve has become trapped and uh, if I press on that area it'll be painful as well. So maybe something like a magnesium oil or a magnesium cream to rub in just to loosen out the muscles in case it's something to do with tense and tight muscles. Um, Sometimes as well you can kind of get a kind of a crawly feeling under your skin. Um, People would call it restless legs or twitchy legs and that again magnesium is very very good for that. So try the magnesium rub first of all and if that um, doesn't solve the problem, maybe go and check with um, a, a physio and see is it something that's pulling in terms of a muscle or tendon. And Sarah and Moore wants to know, are there any side effects to taking B12 supplements? You can if you really overdose, uh, but you'd want to be taking a huge, huge, you want to be taking a very high dose, Patricia, because it's water soluble. So what your body won't use, it will um, generally get rid of. But I think it's always good to give everything a break for a while. So, like, unless you've, your blood test has shown that you're low in B12, you shouldn't be taking a high dose for any reason. If you want to take a B complex every now and then for a bit of a boost, it is great for an energy boost, and there'll be a lower dose of B12 than that. But I know myself that when um, people are with the blood test have been shown to have a low B12, they tend to get a high-dose supplement. So if you feel that you're getting, I think the worst that you might get might be tingling. You might you might get too much tingling in your fingers, mm. like a kind of a numb tingling. That can be a sign of an overdose. Very, very rare. But always, always take a break. 
from any supplement that you're on. You don't need to be taking it all year round. You don't need all to right. take it all year round. Okay, we'll leave it there, Annelise. Thank you for that. Thank Have a lovely week. Sure. We'll chat again next Monday. Annelise Drussell of the Health Hub, Times Square, Balancholic. That's where I leave you for today. My thanks to John Paul McNamara for producing. Nick Richards is with you for the afternoon and we're back with you tomorrow morning at 10. Lunch of the line, Patricia Messenger. Very good afternoon. Cork Today on C103. With Cork City Council and Glow. A Cork Christmas celebration. Festive food and fun. The Ferris wheel and so much more on the Grand Parade. Visit Glow. Open every weekend until Christmas. Hi. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode, and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.